0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home Podcast for Friday, July 10th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Sony is investing heavily into epic games. Far Cry 6 is happening, and Giancarlo Esposito is in it, according to a recent leak. Nintendo got everyone's hopes up and then revealed a new Bakugan game, which was disappointing, you know, except for people who really like Bakugan, I'm happy for them. Capcom shared a Mega Man VR trailer, and Tencent is in talks to take ownership of Warframe. Sony is investing $250 million into Epic. Sony is apparently very impressed with Unreal Engine 5 and probably also the incredible amount of money Fortnite pulls in every hour, and it has invested $250 million into the company as a result. VentureBeat's Dean Takahashi reported on the investment, writing, The companies said the deal cements an already close relationship and reinforces their shared goal to advance the state of the art in technology, entertainment, and socially connected online services. This close relationship was underscored in May when Epic first showed the upcoming Unreal Engine 5 graphics running on a PlayStation 5. As the company itself has disclosed... Epic Games raised $1.58 billion in three previous funding rounds. In 2012, the company received a $330 million investment from Tencent for a 40% ownership stake. That story is linked in the show notes. The investment gives Sony a relatively small 1.4% stake in Epic. What this means from the consumer perspective isn't totally clear, Epic will continue to publish games on all platforms and license its Unreal Engine to anyone who wants to make a game using it, so I don't think it will lead to any PlayStation 5 exclusives necessarily. It might lead to more PlayStation games on the Epic Games Store on PC just because of the partnership that it is building there, but for the most part, I think it just means that Sony will benefit from Epic's continued success. A Far Cry 6 leak confirms the recent Giancarlo Esposito assumptions. On Tuesday's episode of the show, I talked about how rumors were starting to circulate that a Far Cry 6 announcement was imminent and that Breaking Bad actor Giancarlo Esposito was rumored to be playing a major role. An official announcement has not been made That will probably happen on Sunday during Ubisoft's Forward event, but a recent PlayStation leak has all but confirmed our collective assumptions. Far Cry 6 is on the way, and Giancarlo Esposito will be playing the game's villain. The leak is a result of a PlayStation Store listing that apparently went live early, according to a story from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. The listing, which has since been pulled, showed the game's box art, which features Esposito looking somber, wearing a white suit, standing behind a young man with his hands resting on his shoulders while riots appear to be breaking out behind them in a tropical setting. The description lists a February 18th, 2021 release date, and according to Phillips' Eurogamer story, quote, You play as Danny Rojas, a local guerrilla fighter who takes on the dictator's rule. The game store description lists it as the largest Far Cry playground to date, with the series' typical jungles and beaches, as well as a city, Esperanza, the country's capital, employ makeshift weapons, vehicles, and amigos, the new fangs for hire, to burn the tyrannical regime to the ground. The description concludes, that story from Eurogamer is linked in the show notes. That all sounds fantastic, and I love the idea of Giancarlo Esposito playing the antagonist. I really loved Far Cry 3 and 4 but I ended up skipping five. I played the first few hours really excited about the prospect of playing a Far Cry game that takes place in the United States, but it just never really clicked with me for some reason. I am excited about this one, though, if for no other reason than to just see Esposito in the cutscenes. Nintendo announces a Bakugan game from developer WayForward, effectively disappointing the whole internet. Nintendo held a sort of direct this morning focused on the upcoming Paper Mario the Origami King that was basically a stream featuring a few Nintendo Treehouse employees playing the game and sharing some of its later game mechanics. They ended up talking over each other a lot because of delay issues, which was odd but certainly forgivable considering everyone is trying to figure out how to do all this stuff from home and this was Nintendo's first real effort in that arena. And then... Nintendo revealed a new game based on the Bakugan franchise, which ended up being a really underwhelming surprise. Yesterday, Nintendo announced its intentions for the stream today with a tweet that read, Check out gameplay of the upcoming game, hashtag Paper Mario, the Origami King, tomorrow, July 10th at 10am Pacific Time on hashtag NintendoTreeHouseLive, July 2020, plus we'll feature a first reveal and gameplay for a title and a franchise new to developer WayForward. The fact that Nintendo called out WayForward specifically in that tweet made everyone start throwing out wild predictions. WayForward is a very talented developer known for its 2D art and animation, so people started throwing out guesses like a new 2D Metroid, a new Wario platformer, both franchises that would fit well with WayForward's sensibilities. So Nintendo, smartly, followed up that tweet, writing, Please note that WayForward's new title featured in hashtag NintendoTreeHouseLive is based on a third-party property. That caused everyone to stop in their tracks and change their predictions over to Castlevania. It's a third-party franchise that, again, would fit well with WayForward's sensibilities, and Nintendo wouldn't tweet about it if it weren't going to be a big reveal like that, right? And then, after the Paper Mario stream... Treehouse switched over to its reveal of Bakugan, Champions of Vestoria. Honestly, you know, I'm sure the game is going to be fine. I'm sure it's going to be good. I don't know much about Bakugan, but I know that the games have been popular. There is no denying, however, that everyone, myself wholly included, expected something more interesting. I don't know if Nintendo just didn't realize how hungry everyone is for Nintendo news, considering we didn't get the typical E3 drop of announcements and reveals, or if it just thought people would be more excited about Bakugan or what, but it just, it really fell flat. But hey, you know, Paper Mario looks very cool, and that comes out next Friday. Capcom releases a trailer for its Mega Man VR game. My original headline for this segment was that Capcom announced a Mega Man VR game, but looking into it a bit, it turns out the game had already been announced. It just totally flew by my radar. But in any case, a Mega Man VR game is on the way, titled Mega Man VR... Targeted virtual world with count them two exclamation points. Gamatsu's Sal Romano reported on the game's first trailer and shared the game's official description, which reads A peaceful virtual reality world where everyone was having fun playing. But Dr. Wily is planning to hack into and conquer that virtual reality world. Equipped with the virtual reality goggles developed by Dr. Light, Mega Man will dive into the virtual reality world and put a stop to Dr. Wily's evil plans. The trailer, which is linked in the show notes, doesn't show any gameplay, unfortunately. It shows a version of Mega Man that looks slightly different from his recent Mega Man 11 art style. I swear he is shorter. And it shows him standing basically in one spot, finding off enemies, running at him in what appears to be a virtual reality setting. And then a giant boss breaks through the wall, throws some rocks at Mega Man, and Mega Man breaks into a sprint to run toward the boss and all the while he's dodging attacks. The trailer ends with Dr. Wily putting on a VR headset, but he does it, you know, in like a really mean, menacing way. The title card in the trailer calls the game Rockman, which implies a Japanese release because that's Mega Man's name there, and it also doesn't list any platforms. Capcom was an early VR experimenter with Resident Evil 7, but it hasn't done much since then. I hope the game comes to North America. I would like to play it on Quest. I like Mega Man. I'd like to play a Mega Man VR game. Tencent is in talks to take ownership over the company that owns Warframe. Leu Technologies is a Hong Kong company that used to sell chickens but in recent years has shifted its focus toward video games and has been very successful. It owns Digital Extremes, the developer behind the popular Warframe, and Splash Damage, the developer that most recently released the well-regarded Gears Tactics. I spoke recently about how Sony was looking into potentially acquiring the company, but it looks like Sony has backed away and Tencent is in talks to acquire the company. Frazier Brown reported on the acquisition for PC Gamer and wrote, Following the notice that it had temporarily ceased trading on the Hong Kong Limited Stock Exchange, Liu Technologies has confirmed that it is entering into an exclusive agreement with Tencent over a possible acquisition and privatization. Tencent is a Chinese company that is on a blitz to seemingly acquire as much of the video game industry as possible. They fully own Riot Games. Funcom, among others, but they also have small stakes in companies like Epic, Marvelous, Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, Bluehole, and Platinum, and that's just to name a few. Tencent is everywhere and it looks like it is going to be able to add Warframe to its expanding list of games it owns or have part ownership of. In terms of how it will affect Warframe and developer splash damage from a consumer perspective, I don't think it will very much. It seems like Tencent is just trying to be a part of as many successful games and video companies as it can, and then just kind of let them continue to do what works for them. Tencent is just a company to keep an eye on as they are quietly taking over the whole industry. Here's what released today. Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise, is out today, exclusively on Switch. I've actually talked about it the last two days, oddly, but the thing is, you know, actually available now to purchase. It's a game I don't think anyone ever thought would exist. It's a miracle. The first game came to exist, and then it was even more of a miracle that it found a devoted audience. The reviews have been pretty negative for Deadly Premonition 2, but... It has not made me want to play it any less i'm excited to start it tonight bloodstained curse of the moon 2 is out today on xbox one playstation 4 pc and switch this was announced relatively recently i didn't realize how close to release it was keiji Inafune did not create castlevania but he did direct castlevania symphony of the night and its many follow-ups and is credited with overhauling that game and blending it with metroid I don't know that the term metroidvania would exist without him bloodstained is his new franchise that takes a lot of lessons he learned from castlevania into account and bloodstained curse of the moon 2 is a throwback nes platformer that takes place within that bloodstained universe two big racing games are also out today f1 2020 is out on playstation 4 xbox one and stadia and it's the annual formula one racer that I would argue isn't, you know, a mainstream juggernaut, but it definitely has its fans. NASCAR Heat 5 is also out today on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Similarly, it's an annualized sports-slash-racing game that certainly has its passionate fans, but it is not a big juggernaut sports game like, say, you know, Madden or FIFA. Sword Art Online, wish me luck with the subtitle here. Alicization Horus is out today on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. I watch a fair bit of anime, whether directly or over my wife's shoulder, but I have to admit Sword Art Online is a franchise I'm not super familiar with. There have been a lot of games based on the license, which leads me to believe it is popular in Japan, but I don't know that it has ever really taken hold in North America. This one has actually caught my eye unexpectedly. The trailer looks sharp and it's an action RPG. Also, despite having the word online in its title, it's actually an offline single-player RPG. If I'm being honest, I I don't know that I will ever play this game, but I do find myself suddenly interested in this entry after seeing some of the combat. The Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope has a locked-in release date. It is launching October 30th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. The Dark Pictures Anthology is a series from Supermassive Games, the studio behind the excellent Until Dawn. And the, you know, okay Man of Medan. Supermassive's approach to an Until Dawn follow up has been to execute an anthology of smaller stories, which I really like. Man of Medan, just, it didn't do a lot for me, but I am excited for the studio to keep making more games like it, and Little Hope looks interesting. Those games are always great co op games. Super Hot, the slow motion first person shooter puzzle game is getting a like a kind of sequel, kind of expansion thing on July 16th with Superhot Mind Control Delete. The press release for the announcement reads, What once started out as a free DLC has blossomed into hours and hours and hours and hours of new and expanded Superhot gameplay. It is free if you own Superhot, the non-VR Superhot specifically, which is pretty cool. Superhot is a shooter where time only moves forward when you move. It's basically a puzzle game, but it looks and feels like a first-person shooter. It's very cool. That's it for gaming news today. I asked somewhat rhetorically yesterday what happened between Twitch and Ninja. Not really expecting an answer, but I got a message yesterday from at brand underscore X who had some insight. They wrote, I think one of the big reasons is that when he left, they used his channel to promote other channels. He was fighting to have the channel taken down instead of using his follower base to promote other streamers. The worst was somehow a channel that was streaming porn showed up on his Twitch channel. And as we know, Ninja has a lot of kid followers. There's a few videos around YouTube where he talked about how upset he was about it and that the porn channel was the last straw. I think that's when Twitch finally stopped using his channel for promotions. Thanks so much at brand underscore X. I, I do remember hearing a few things about that, but I had admittedly totally forgotten about that clash, so I really appreciate your explanation. Tomorrow, Saturday, July 11th, Devolver is holding a press conference that it is titling Devolver Direct at 12pm Pacific Time. I really like Devolver, I think they release a lot of really great games. Their E3 press conferences have always been weird, and are also usually pretty light on news. I expect this one to be no different, even though it's not like an official E3 thing, but. I will report back to you about it on Monday. Same goes for the Ubisoft Forward Conference, I should have news to share about that on Monday. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at kyle M. Hilliard or at GamingRideHome, or you can send an email to kyle and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I'm playing through Metroid Other M right now, and you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long form video game discussion, I will talk to you more about video games on Monday.